You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds where it's the same year and you're the same person, but everything else is different? And what if you can't find your way home? Welcome back to another issue of Imagine If. We are here talking about The Walking Dead at FanQuest Comics and Games in Yuma, Arizona. Another roundtable because we wanted to get together with people to feel, see what they felt about uh, the end of The Walking Dead comic book. How did you feel about the fact that Robert Kirkman put out fake solicits for After 193 and... Uh, you know, it, it, it just he ended it. He ended it by surprise. But I'm also I'm here with Chris. Hey everybody, How, and, welcome and, back to it. And Rafa. What's up, everybody? It's your boy. And our guests are Sam. Hello. And Mark. Howdy. Okay. Uh, we uh, are here. Yeah, that's what we we're going to talk about. We we're going to find out how everybody felt about the Walking Dead ending. Yeah, I mean, talk about a surprise twist because I know myself a lot of times I can use the advanced solicits or Amazon to find out what's going on in upcoming issues so you don't have to be worried when you read these story arcs about what could or couldn't happen you kind of cheat and Robert Kirkman just had a great idea to be like you know what let's have solicits for 194 195 and I think 196 so we didn't know and by the time 193 comes to your store that was it Rest in peace, Walking Dead. It's kind of like a trap, you know? It's kind of like your sister and you were playing outside and your sister got the chicken pox and you don't know if she's going to make it or not. But then she kind of gets over it and the next day you find out that she falls into a pit of snakes and she dies automatically. It's unexpected, it hurts, and you don't know how to feel about it. And that's kind of how I felt when Robert came out of nowhere and told me, hey, this this just ending without you even noticing. And it happened. And you know what? I feel personally attacked, but that's okay because that's what comic books do and it's fun. Yeah. Now, Sam, as as a uh, reader of the comic book, I mean, up to a certain point, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm on 190 right now. Okay, and spoilers. Then, and <laughs> yeah, then, right, I don't mind. And then uh, a, a watcher of the show, up yeah. to a certain point. I'm halfway through season nine. Okay, I'm waiting for my daughter to get back from Huntington Beach. We're gonna watch together. Uh, how, how do you feel about that? Um, you know, since we were talking about it before, um, it in a world where everybody has the ability to see the end of a show or the end of a series or the end of whatever before it actually happens, I thought that was a great marketing 
thing that Chris and I were talking about, you know, oh, yeah, let's go ahead and solicit for issue 194, 195, 196, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, behind everybody's back, really, 193 is it, guys. Don't tell them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's genius when you really yeah. think about it because, I mean, uh, in one of the interviews, Robert Kirkman was talking about how his favorite thing about zombie movies is the fact that, you know, when you watch them, he wanted to build a story that you didn't know when it was going to end. From start to finish, when you're watching an actual film, one of the worst parts is you know it's going to be an hour and a half. Yeah. You know it's going to be two hours, the runtime to it. Yeah, you know, like, when yeah. you're watching a TV show, you know there's a, season, there's a season one, two, three, four. There's an end to an episode, whether it's an hour or whatever. When you look at the runtime, you know that it's going to end. So with this, what he did is he was giving us a story that ended completely unexpectedly. Yeah. And that's kind of what and more, my, I respect that. Because in my opinion, it's The Walking Dead was one of those stories where you have the central protagonist, Rick Grimes, and it's his story. And a lot of the time, we don't get to choose when they die. Oh, I understand that. We actually are in so much disbelief. We still have 196 on order here at the store. There you go. To see if it happens. Just in case if they pull another fast one just to go. Yep, here it is. They really did not die just to prove something that, <laughs> you know, people are goof. And the fact that they ended it on 193 just seems weird to me because you'd always go, all right, let's break that 200 mark. Yeah. Got to get that close. I actually yeah. thought about that too. I was like, man, all the people that are like OCD, they're going to be like, no. Because <laughs> it is such an odd number to break it on. Well, it's funny because like I was thinking about that mathematically and even he talked about it in the last issue where it's like he when he writes these story arcs, he writes them in such a way, like, he's like, every story, like, a major turning point has to be 48 issues, because that's how big the compendium slash omnibus is. And then the trades are in a series of six, you know, so six being a, f a factor of 48, so it's like, man, he's he's really got those numbers down. And 193 just screws the pooch. But I will say this, like, the, the solicits came out for, um, I think it's volume 32 of the trade paperbacks. He's going to give you seven issues. He'll actually include the last story arc plus... You know, as, as we've been talking about, the old man Carl issue, 193. So I think that's really neat. But I will say, I, I think it's neat with him changing up things this way, because this, this reminds me of a, an old story that DC Comics did. Back in 1991, uh, they had this annual event called Armageddon 2001. And so throughout all the annuals that year, they had this idea of a guy from the future comes back into the past. He becomes Wave Rider. And he touches all the heroes because one of them will become monarch and enslave everything and take away freedom and just be a general bastard. And so Wave Rider comes back in time and he's touching all the heroes to find out who it'll be. And so when they were running the story, it was Armageddon 2001, number one, then several annuals, and then Armageddon 2001, number two. So issue number two was going to give the, the, the finale, expose who it was. And they were all set to line it up to be Captain Adam. And sure enough, word got out. Now, this is pre-internet, like 1991. Like, people had to write this in letters and, like, share information, I'm guessing, you know? And so DC knew that the secret was out. So at this last minute, they tried to change it. And it really just crimped the story, destroyed a lot of characters, and it ruined the event. And I'm glad with Hickman being able to hide the fact that, hey, 193 is it? I'm glad that he, like... Kirkman. Or Kirkman, yeah, sorry. <laughs> That's, that was last week. Um, but... With, with Kirkman being able to hide that, I think that was great. Because that way, when you do, when you pick this up, it's general shock. You know, like, how cool is it that somebody could have went in that Wednesday, picked up the issue of Walking Dead, and then you open it, and you're like, who the hell is this old guy with an eye patch? Oh, my God. This is crazy. You know, like, just, I think it was great. And how crazy it is, too, and the fact that, you know, in the age of Twitter, that a secret like that could be even held. 
You know, the fact that it still managed to surprise people. Because, yeah, you know, going back, you know, I was thinking the same thing, that idea of, oh, it could be a lie, it could be a publicity stunt. You know, and people were in disbelief. And, you know, now every day as we get closer and closer to the next day and the next week, it's looking more and more like, yeah, it, it is definitively over. I mean, is it definitely over, though? I mean, it's one of those franchises that has created an entire cultural zeitgeist. Right, we're talking about a series that has crossed boundaries, cultures. People come together to watch zombies, as my parents call it. Right, they call it they're not, not even the Walking Dead; just called zombies. And they know Rick. Like they don't know maybe maybe a lot of the other characters, but they know Rick's name. Like, oh, it's Rick. And it's one of those things where it just kind of keeps to your mind. And you know, we had Fear of the Walking Dead, and right now we are oversaturated with zombies. Right, we can say that over the past like five six years, we could say that zombies have been in the media a little bit too much. But this is kind of how zombies come and go, right? With George A. Romero bringing on the zombie craze, and then there was a saturation, then it stopped, and then it came back, and then it stops. Zombies are just one of those things that you can talk about forever that it allows for that nostalgia to hit. And I think that's powerful. I think the problem is, or the reason why people like zombies, is that they always like have that, I want to shoot my neighbor, but you can't shoot your neighbor. (laughs) This way you have that excuse because we don't. You know, condone yeah. mass homicide, but this way, this is that in between. You're actually killing monsters. It's kind of that power fantasy. What would Stupid you do with Landers? <laughs> exactly. You know, I mean, there's sometimes. Oh, he stole my lawnmower. Get him back. And that's they always play with that ideology. But you're right. They are saturated. You have Dead Island. You have um, Dying Light. And just imagine of all the other things. I mean, you're right. When he came out with certain books, when. George R. Romero came out with, you know, Night of the Living Dead, and then they did Return of the Living Dead, which was from a different writer, just to capture on that years later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, even as we're sitting here, I'm looking at this. You got a, a card game, uh, Flick em Up, Dead of Winter. I mean, the zombie phenomenon has just yeah. engrossed so much. And it's funny because when this show was really in the thick of it, like, I want to say, uh, man, probably like 2011, I remember Mondays when I'd go to teach my class. We'd spend a portion of the time on Monday talking about last Sunday night, you know, like, oh, my God, what happened? You know, how is this going about? You know, what did you think of last night's episode? And there'd be some talking points. And it's one of those things where I think you're right. Like, people want to live out that fantasy where it's like, I want to be that that lone cowboy and I can do what I want and there's no repercussion. But then, you know, reality sets in. And even then, too, like, you could look at it in a bleak point of view because I always remember Glenn, you know, in the in the comic book. There, there was an episode where he's talking with Rick, and it's like, you know, what did you do before all this? And Glenn was like, I was a pizza delivery boy. I was trying to work on my college, but, you know, life sucked. And it's like, man, kind of in a, in a really dark thought, this is better for him. You know, like, he, he has a chance to stand up and lead and, and do things. So I think that's what a lot of people, like, that fantasy is kind of neat. Because in the zombie apocalypse, you don't see them fighting off student debt. They're fighting off zombies. Yeah. And it's like, hey, that seems better than... You know, dealing with all the problems we got to deal in our day to day. So, did you say student debt or student dead? <laughs> debt. <laughs> and there's validity behind that. I mean, this whole idea of you know that that nostalgic sense of the way things used to be. I always think back to when I was a kid and how things were much simpler. Don't got to worry about no taxes. Don't yeah. have to worry about you know what am I going to eat today? Because my mom's going to make me food. Doesn't matter. And just thinking about how those times were better. Yeah, but really, like, were they better, or am I just remembering it like it was better because yeah. there was less responsibility? Touching we didn't have exactly right there. We didn't have as much to think about when we were kids. There you it go. It was always taken care of for us. Yeah, and so with you know with this kind of situation, one people from a psychological perspective like to be scared. 
So yeah. the whole idea, like, there's the big bad outside your door. How are you going to survive? And I remember when the show first was coming out, even before that, people tended to have their zombie survival guide, right? Oh, yeah. That yeah. whole tense of, well, Got what your would go be bag your plan? Ready. Yeah. What would I do, right? And all of the arguments that you – I remember all the arguments that I'd get, get into in class with the students that were always talking about, oh, my plan is good because I'd go to Walmart. It's like, you go to Walmart, that's you and like 800 other people. Okay, lunch. Yeah, yeah. that's not, that's not going to help for you. Like, oh, I'd go to Sprague's. Like, how, how are you going to get to Sprague's? What are you going to do there? I would share this with you. <laughs> my son's 20 right now, and when The Walking Dead first came out, and, and I let him watch it when he was younger. He was just like, what is it, a 10-year-old show, so, huh? Oh, so he'd be 11? Yeah, yeah. So – his his place to go, for those of you here in, in Yuma, in, in the Yuma area, his place to go, Centennial Middle School. Okay. Because the way the gates are around it. Uh-huh. See, he's thinking smart. My idea is to hide inside a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> but that'd be like JFK Park. You know, they always have that 10-foot ga- gate around that. You can always stab through the gate, but you can't walk through it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what's really interesting. And it's funny because when I first started my teaching career, <clears throat> there was a lot of weekends going to work and I loved that because I had a key to the school I worked at and I would lock that gate and I'd get in my building and it was like oh man I got a you know a solid secure building a nice fence around it and it really was and, and you would play it up because I think the thing is there is a romantic thought to The Walking Dead yeah. we all want to be Rick or even later on in the series we all want to be Negan you know people want that and it's kind of playing off with what what Sam said there, you know, hey, lunch. The truth is, like, we think, oh, yeah, I'd be Negan or oh, I'd be Rick. And it's like, dude, you'd be lucky to, like, you know, be one of the characters on the side of those people. You oh, know, hands down. So I, don't, I don't know first aid. I can't hotwire a car. Exactly. I have terrible cardio. I, I had a panic attack before I even got here, just eating too much fucking boba. I would be the guy. I would be so the, fast. I would be the guy that Shane shoots in the leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we keep Sam around. I can't remember that guy's name, but you Otis. know, you, Otis. Otis. I would be Otis. R.I.P. Otis. <laughs> you sweet, you sweet, handsome man. I just want to go off of his idea a little bit, but you're right. We all don't want to like pay taxes, and we want an easier life. And then, because you guys got to figure, as long as no one's bothering me, and if you took over Sam's Club, you'd have life. You know, I mean, yeah. the gates are down. You can live in there, watch TV. And live out the apocalypse in relative comfort, it, and you don't have to worry about paying taxes, dealing with other human beings. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, and it, and I think too, I think another part that's great about it is when you look at Rick and his group, you do see your friends there. You know, you look and you're like, man, you know, the guy that you can confide in that's always by your side. You know, the person that you love, that they're in your group. So I think we see that, too, as well. Like, we, we like to think, like, okay, because as much as we want to pretend where would I go when that happens, you also think about how would I, who would I take with me, who would come along, you know, and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, it's just very interesting stuff. And I will state this. This book does suck you in. Like, I remember, I remember actually, it's funny because I'm looking here, I'm cheating, but October 8th, 2003. That's when the first issue of The Walking Dead came out. And as I've said on this show countless times, I remember you know, helping Diane pull comics, and when that one came out, it was like, oh, you know, it, it was funny because it was like, oh, just another zombie book. Oh, it's from The Independent, so this is probably one of those little stroke books that kids can get, you know, and whatnot. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You know, it just sparked a memory. I think it was only supposed to be six issues. It was. Originally. <clears throat> yeah, it was just going to be a quick miniseries, and then the numbers came back, and it's like, dude, keep going. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, but I remember holding that thing. And I was like, ah, you know, whatever. Who cares? And and it just blew up. And when AMC said they were going to do the TV show, and especially with them involving Frank Dernabout. Frank Dernabout, I mean, he's, oh my God, uh, The Shawshank Redemption. That is one of my all-time favorite movies. He was behind that, uh, The Green Mile. The and Mist. The Mist, yes, especially to The Mist. I love that, when you, especially when you can watch the black and white version. Yep. So I was like, okay, you know what? And so I, I started reading the comic, and I bought the trade, and I remember that was the first trade that I could actually just sit down and read it all the way through. Like other trade paperbacks, you read like two or three issues, you set it down, you're like, okay, I want to take a break from this or whatever. And I don't know, maybe like if the dialogues are sometimes pretty light, you know, the, the pages are pretty quick to go through. Not stating in that in a bad way, but it was like, man, I just couldn't put that thing down. I devoured it like a freaking zombie. You know, and then after that, I was totally hooked on this thing. And uh, I remember being at San Diego Comic-Con and when they premiered the trailer, that was the biggest Walking Dead phenomenon moment for me. When they premiered the trailer, of course, they did the big Hall H thing. But then after that, they, they had their little display, which was supposed to be the living room with the dad who blew his head off. And so you see the, you know, the dad sitting in the recliner with his head blown off, the wife and daughter you know, dead as well. And then the TV playing. And all the TV would do was just play the trailer in loop. And we're standing there to watch it, you know, because now I finally get to watch it. And I don't know if you've been to San Diego Comic-Con, and I'm sure nowadays it's even in more insane. But back then, it was still you know, elbows to assholes packed. And at this moment, everybody standing nearby just stopped, and you're watching this trailer, and it was like, wow. Like, San Diego Comic-Con had a hush on it. That was crazy for me. Uh, what about you guys? Is there any major moments that jump out for you? Like, how did you find yourself getting drawn into The Walking Dead? I guess would be a better way to phrase that question. For me, I grew up watching a lot of zombie films. Um, I love them from, like I talked about already, George A. Romero was able to create you know, this metaphor of what zombies really mean. I mean, for me as a kid, when I saw the movies, I thought, oh, these are just zombies. They're going to eat people. It's nuts. Dawn of the Dead, a great film. I remember Day of the Dead being the first movie I ever saw that filled me with absolute bleak mm -hmm. because there was nothing happy about that movie. I have to go back to um, Return of the Living Dead. Ooh, that's such a good one, man. Because that was the first, that's the first zombie film. That's the first horror film I've ever actually saw. I that's think I was 14 years too. old. And I don't know why my mother let me that's watch the, it or not. That's, but that's the mall one, right? No, no, that's no, the, no, no. That's it's the, the punk rock version. Oh, yes, okay, 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 right, right, right. yes. We got the girl that gets all <laughs> naked on top of the, the, the tombstones. And they're actually thinking zombies. Yeah. They're not yeah. like yeah, they're brain dead. They're back, running. Yeah. They're calling up more police to eat. Oh wow! They're calling up. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? No, actually, yeah, I don't think I, I have. Yeah. I, I kind of because, watch. like you mentioned earlier, with Romero, because I think it was him and his buddy did Night of the Living Dead, and then they kind of separated and. The other guy was like, oh, I'm going to steal that. That's why it's not Living Dead. It's Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. Well, that's, so those are still living. George Romero. Yeah, no, that's the Romero side. But the other side, I don't think I followed through with that. And I've been meaning to do that one of these days. Like, oh, what the hell? Why not? It's see a what those cult are? classic. I would say it's uh -huh. even more popular. But it was only the, f they did like eight films. Uh -huh. yeah. And the only good one was the first film. So just one and it was just <laughs> everything else. They went with more special effects. Less gritty, but the fact that it was gritty and more real made a better film. I mean, when the zombies are literally running and tackling the paramedics, yeah, there's nothing wow. more scary yeah, than yeah. that. Fast and then like, when days they're later too. opening oh, fire man. with bullets and they're just bouncing off of them and a whole horde of thousands of zombies. Yeah, and oh, back to nice. what you were saying, I mean, these were thinking zombies. They were strategizing. Uh -huh. Cannibals, and they were th bringing it back to the whole idea. Like people talk about zombies, and George George A. Romero came out and he brought us, you know, that black and white zombies coming out. Then he gave us them in the in the at the mall. 
But what uh, Return of the Living Dead did is it gave it a sense of campiness and made it really, really funny, but still terrifying because now the zombies did talk and it gave us that quintessential brains. I need yeah. to eat brains. Uh, That's where that came that's from. That's right. But then you have tool-using enemy. It's not just something that, like, like in Night of the Living Dead, they're sending a horde against six people, 200 zombies, and obviously they're going to run out of ammunition. Where right. even though you have thousands... And they're taking out armies right. that are fighting them, of police, paramedics. Mm-hmm. Not that I want to spoil it, but they just, they literally nuke Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, they had to nuke the town. Wow. And yeah, there's no spoilers there, dude. That movie was, 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 that like, real, was like Resident Evil in the sense where it was a biological weapon. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, with the zombies, always that idea also of, you know, well, what kind of zombies are we talking about? Are we talking about rabies-infused cannibals that we have in 28 weeks later? Are we talking about mystical zombies that come back from the dead? What are we talking about? And that's another thing about The Walking Dead that I really enjoyed because reading through The Walking Dead, it's a story where you were thrown into it. You don't know how it started, where it came from. You don't know what's going on. And that's kind of the best part because when we yeah. look at zombies from a meta perspective, and mind you, I've watched a lot of zombie films like most people have but the whole idea is we've watched enough zombie films where we can go into a scenario where if zombies came up one day out of nowhere we're able to think oh shit that's a zombie and then you should have some kind of popular culture training in the back of your mind that tells you okay this is my shitty plan going to walmart i need to turn around and go the other way (laughs) right those 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 plans i gotta destroy the brain for whatever reason but at the end of the day whatever it is there's no guarantee it's gonna be that zombie that you've become accustomed to right and what i liked about the walking dead is it felt very visceral because we start with rick he gets into a bad shootout and then he wakes up and the world has changed kind of like we talked about last week with professor xavier saying you guys were asleep and then the whole world changed. The same thing happened with Rick. Rick was in a coma. He wakes up and everybody is dead and that there are zombies out in the world as they call them walkers or geeks, whatever you want to call them, roamers. And so that sense of waking up in a world where you don't know what's going on, like if we put ourselves in those shoes, it becomes much more frightening because a part of us will be like, there's no way this is happening. This is bullshit. This is movies. But then when, you know, you are seeing a living corpse come at you, how do you respond? Not everybody is trained with a firearm and people think they can shoot headshots like it's nothing. I can tell you right now, if I had a gun and zombies were coming at me, I guarantee I'd maybe hit one. Kind of. <laughs> Two words. Movie magic. <laughs> Movie magic. That's right. No, but I like that because you're, you're right. With Rick, it, it was. He didn't know what was going on. And there's no, like, even at the time of publication, I mean, cell phones were not what they are. But, right. I mean, it's like, it, think back to that first issue. Like, he's just so freaked out. The best thing he's doing is falling down and luckily closing a door. You know, so he seals that door, don't open dead inside. And he's, he's trying to run around, and then luckily he finds a bicycle. And that's where we see the famous bicycle girl zombie. And that was just like, I mean, could you imagine in real life and the shock and horror that was on his face thanks to the artist, um, was it Charlie? Was it Charlie Adler? Yeah, or no, Tony Moore. Tony, Tony Moore did the Moore. first arc. And Tony just really drew that in him. I mean, you see Rick ready to break down and cry. And Rick's first instinct is, I just got to get home. Yep. And then how scary, like, that's the best part. We're not talking about the zombies, what's scary. How scary is just the unknown. He doesn't know if his wife and child have made it to a safe zone. He doesn't even know if there's a safe zone. You know, that was just the excitement of that, that in that first arc. Yeah, I really just love how you pointed out, like, Rick was just thrust into this world, you know? Well, I mean, it points out that he comes out of a coma. In his mind, he was never even in the coma. He yeah. was talking to Shane about, yeah, you stole my... Your niece, you know, your aunt's vase. I see. You know, it's a nice thing you got there. Where are you? You in the bathroom? 
Remember, he's that much oh, yeah, confused. Yeah, the, the, yeah, and the, then, the TV and show. Then where, you yeah, go yeah. across the quad, and it's like there's thousands of body bags. Not even that, dude. If, if you pay attention to that to that panel, I, I don't I don't have it in, in front of me. Well, no, you're, you're, you look at we gotta panel. be careful because Mark's talking about the TV show. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's because he, in the TV show, yeah, you in see both. that military presence in the comic. In, in really? The, well, no, in both, what I'm talking about is you see a bunch of dead flowers. And a bunch of things that have obviously oh, yeah, looked flies. like they hadn't been touched yeah. in, in mm-hmm. who knows how long. Yeah. No, I get you. Yeah, I, I do like that. Yeah, like because I'm looking at some of the panels there with the flies and the the, the just the sheer gr- grossness, you know, that, that nastiness that's there. And that's right. That's a good indicator. Good eye. You know that time has passed. And that's know? looking at it from a perspective of us reading a comic book. Imagine you in that scenario, just groggy from coming up from a coma. I mean, I've never been in a coma, but there's plenty of times where I've passed out on my couch because I ate way too many hot Cheetos and then I woke up dehydrated. <laughs> And then I'm like, oh, what's going on in this world? <laughs> so, I mean, for this to happen, I don't know what's going on. So now you, you know, know, check the walls. And if you check see grime buildup, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> how, long, how long did these Cheetos take me out? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I like But, that. I mean, it, it builds to that sense of excitement again. It's... I love zombie films, so when I heard The Walking Dead was coming out, I'd never read the comic book necessarily. Um, I think I saw it once before but i never really picked it up mm-hmm. and then at this time you know my good friends steven and jake they were in town and they said hey you guys want to watch this because it was halloween and you know we're adults at this point and i think we were like 20 21 22 around that age i don't remember now but you know we were too old to go trick-or-treating and we didn't really go to parties so hey let's just hang out and let's watch the walking dead and we did and it was great and watching it with friends made it that much more palpable yeah. and as soon as that happened then i went to the to Barnes and Nobles, and at that point they already had like, like six or seven of the graphic novels trade bags, and I I read through it like it was nothing because that art it goes by so fast. It does, and it's a great story, but it's going by, and it's just you're reading it and you're consuming it like it's nothing. Yeah. And I remember I'd read it until it was done, and then I'd stop, and then I'd wait, and then I'd come back to it like okay now I can come back to it now there's more trades and I'd read them. It also kind of co- uh, coincided with the, with the seasons because though seasons one two three four five and six kind of were very close to what was going on. There were differences. But then when you're reading the comic book, it also kind of told the story in a different perspective. Andrew Lincoln is a great protagonist. I love that man. Yeah, I love watching him on screen. He commands respect. Sure, he killed Shane, and that still pisses me off to this day because John Berthnall was one of my favorite actors, but whatever. I can get past that. No, I can't. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> but, wait, 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 wait. I'm angry, Mitch. You're angry at Andrew Lincoln, the actor, for killing... The character that John Berthel plays. No, Shane. no, he really killed John Berthel. He is really gone. I remember that the was a crazy day on set. It was called Fallen Angels. Got it. I was very, it was the penultimate episode. Uh-huh. And in my head, I knew it was coming. But they kept them this long. I was thinking, like, maybe maybe they'll make it work. And yeah. no, it just guts them. And then he gets shot in the head by, his, by Carl. By Carl. So, I mean, whatever. Coral. It's been years. Am I still mad? Yes, but whatever. I got the Punisher now, but now the Punisher's gone. So whatever, you know, life, life gives things to you and then it takes it away. This is true. And I've learned this, and that's whatever. But what I'm trying to get at is, what 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 the what these stories were giving to me was a cohesive story of Rick and Andrew Lincoln was a great character, and I commanded respect, and I enjoyed watching him. And this is a character that I really enjoyed so much so. But in the comics, it wasn't the same. In the comics, he was much more of an asshole. Oh yeah, you but, have to be. And exactly like you said, you, you have, have to, to be. be. You can't make it that long without being an asshole. You know, it is funny, like thinking I about disagree. the the two the two <laughs> paths. Yeah, Superman. Well, uh, you think about the two paths that those guys have been on. Um, you know, Andrew Lincoln's version and then the comic book version. 
And it is funny. I will say, I think the comic version, he grew faster. He definitely did. I mean, when you see that world and, you know, there's, there's a little bit more happening, I think that did change it. But going back just to sidestep, though, what a credit, though, to John Berthenol and the show writers to actually make us care about Shane. Yeah. Because I, I totally forgot about that story, but Rafa and I were having a conversation, and he reminded me, I forgot that Rick did go back to go visit Shane after, after they killed him in the first story arc. And he basically dug him up and put one in his head because he's like, look, I don't want you to live as a zombie. I wouldn't want to live this way. I think this is the right thing to do. And that's it. So Shane in the comic has, what, maybe seven or eight issues of appearance? Yeah. And it's yeah. like, man. But then on the TV show, he got, like, what season was that when they killed so him? So he got two full and, uh, seasons. Season three, I think. No, it was the end of season two. Uh-huh. But then he came up in, like, flashbacks. Okay. Oh, yeah. Season three. Right. And then, like, in the one when Rick kind of goes bye-bye. Yeah, so he definitely he got That's a lot more right. credit on the show. He was a hallucination. Yep. Which shows you, again, it's the, one of those things where Shane was the character that Rick would ultimately become, right? Because Rick is trying to be a good man in this new world. We're talking about this idea of the Western, right? How you are in this new land, and you have to make your own rules, and you have all these enemies around you. But can you keep your morality in this world? That's the tough part. And people would say, you know, Shane loses a lot of that morality because he's very... I need to make sure my family stays safe and I will do what I have to when I have to no matter what and Rick can't get there yet until he does kill Shane both in the comics and in the TV show and that kind of leads to like what they call you know the Rick Tatorship you've become a changed man and this and that and I think it's important because even in the the TV show more than the, the comic book but in the TV show you know when you see Rick Grimes as a character and he's growing and the more thematic that they have the scenes kind of come out because The Walking Dead was a very thematic show with a lot oh, of yeah. symbolism um, towards the end you know like the episode where Rick supposedly dies spoilers um, he's oh, going the bridge. back the yeah, on bridge the bridge explosion. he's yeah. thinking right and one of the people that he continues to talk to is Shane and Shane is that that drive reminding him you keep yeah. moving forward two feet in front of the other keep going keep going don't stop and I think they're, they're, they're strengthening that so I have only ever read or watched the comic or watched the show. I've never read the comic until we came up to this uh, wanting to talk about the rest in peace arc, the last arc of the book. Right. And I can I'll I'll secede to you at the end of this TV series or not the end of the TV series, but where they're at with the with Rick at at the when Rick leaves uh, the TV series. Mm-hmm. You can say that he has more Shane tendencies but in the book itself like obviously like I'm, I'm missing a whole chunk from from not reading it but from what I got from that lost arc uh, he has gone away from that with the whole commonwealth like uh, compound or you know city whatever you want to call it like he, he recognizes that it can't be just about protecting you and your family you have to be able to understand that you're going to need as many people as you can to restart the world to yeah to uh, uh, survive together. Like, you can't live individually like that. So, this, like, getting to 190, or what, what was it starts at 183? 186. 186? No, 187 yeah. is when, uh, yeah, yeah, 187 is where I started reading the last arc. So, 187 um, to 193, or 192, where he dies, I think the idea of, I just think that, uh, the the way I've always felt about the 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 world that the that Kirkman has created in The Walking Dead is the way that I feel Rick ends up in the end of the book uh, of of needing 
more people. I've always felt like if if ninety eight percent of the world's population dies out in the the course of a year, people are going to have to have a fundamental mental uh, change of of. I need to protect my own into being more, I need to get into the group because as you see, nobody's family stays alive. Like just Carl and, and Rick, you know, being together towards the end is a uh, rare, like yeah. most people lose their family in this, in the situation that Kirkman has created. So you have to either create new family or, uh, become part of a family. Well, look at how Lori died in the book. Yeah. I mean, she didn't, she never made it to having a baby yeah. in the book, man. Yeah, she was running outside the prison. And she got shot to the back. Shotgun blast to the back and went through her. Actually, she did have the baby because when she oh, fell. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. You're right. Her, the, 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 the probable cause of death is the body crushing the baby. Well, By the way, if, well, you haven't, if you're only a TV show fan, yeah. you haven't read the comics. Remember that? Be Judith prepared, doesn't live. <laughs> well, it's not that. It's just the comics are a hell of a lot darker. Oh, Because this darker. audience is not the general public TV. Yeah. So the book, the comics, will go a hell of a lot further. And kind of what you're getting at, Mitch, I completely agree. It's that idea, but it's also from like a psychological perspective. We're talking about like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? The idea that first you got to make sure that you and your own, you're in a good place to have. So Abraham Maslow was a famous psychologist who came out, and he came out with this idea. It's kind of a triangle, and it's his hierarchy of needs. So at the base of the triangle, it basically says that you need food, shelter, and water in order to survive. So you got to take care of that before you can go up the pyramid of the things that you're going to need, which ultimately lead to things like self-fulfillment, a sense of family, uh, self-worth, money. and so. But see, right, that's, all, that's also just in the conditions that we have at the moment. In, in this catastrophic earth, you know, eliminating event, right. it's, it's going to be, it's, uh, your needs are going to have to change. Yes, you still need water, food, and shelter, but your, your needs are going to change because now you have an apex predator that's always going to be near you. It's true. Anybody can change at any moment. And then uh, your family, your, your structure, your, your, uh, your um, surroundings are, are never going to be the same. So you have to find other people. It's going to go back to a more tribal uh, mindset that we had before the industrial age. Yeah, and I agree with that. Oh, you were saying about that, that predator is always a moment. If I remember, there wasn't there a flu that took out half the prison? Was that a problem? I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so, yeah, at, at one point, the you know, illness is going to be a big thing. I mean, what, can we find penicillin? I mean, that's the, yeah. exactly what happens. I mean, in The Walking Dead, anybody who dies becomes a walker. So... You, you, it's not just a bite thing. If if someone gets sick and they don't, they're already infected. They're already infected. Yeah. If they if they get sick in in another way, uh, and then die, that's 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 infecting the group. So the the hive mentality, you know, or the hive, the tribe. Well, the thing but, I, I, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. First. But the opposite would be true: is that you would want to stay away from people once you realize that everybody who's now your friend, your potential partners. Also, can become very quickly your potential enemies. That's true. But anybody Words. that has the knowledge before the collapse of society, your doctors and stuff like that, would be a benefit. Well, the thing is, what I find interesting about this 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 group mentality is, you know, go back to the revolution. 
you know which one the, the American Revolution. Okay. I mean, it's it would not have happened if people hadn't come together. You know, I mean, teams. You know, and even if we take it to sports, you know, the team that wants to win together does the best. The teammate who is trying to get the most money usually never succeeds. And that's what I really like about The Walking Dead is because you're right. We've seen like one of my favorite arcs, uh, Fear the Hunters. You know, that was another group of people where it's like you do have to be careful. You know, hey, I see another human being. All right. Oh, you've got a camp. Sure. And then you walk along with them. And next thing you know, you're tonight's dinner. You know, they they were like, hey, we're just horrible hunters, but it's easier to trap another human and, you know, hey, we'll just be cannibals. Yeah. And I find it interesting. And then as Mitch is going to say, yeah, you're right. Like people with skill sets, they become even more beneficial, you know, and I think we saw that both on the TV show and with the comic with doctors. You know, it's like, hey, we really want to, you know, because I remember when they run into the governor, the governor had a great doctor. You know, he was the one who had to in the comic at least, you know, uh, stitch up. Uh, Glenn, or sorry, Rick's, Rick's arm after the governor chopped off the hand. And, you know, part of the mission was like, hey, we're going to get you out of, you know, the governor's palace and get you into where our location is. And even swinging it back into this last arc, when we see the, the brand new governor, I can't think of her last name right now. Uh, but Milton. This, Milton, okay, there, that's where that was come from. But Governor Milton, this new lady, she was power hungry. And it's like, yeah, you know, throughout the whole time, her son Sebastian was like, this town was nothing until we came along and we led you, we led you, we led you. And it's like, ooh, that power hungry, that's what can be scary. So, I mean, I think it's neat that it's just like real life. We meet people and they're either very beneficial and we keep them in our friendships or they're not. And we try to exile ourselves from them as far as we can. Eat them. (laughs) And I, I, I think it's great that the comic and both the show that they've done that, you know, you'll run into people and they're not always the best bets. You know, Dwight was a great character. Um, unfortunately I didn't see his last arc. I'm guessing it was probably the rotten core, but Dwight, you know, he was part of Negan's group. He lived that life. He was scarred from that life. And then once he met somebody like Rick, it's like, I like your ideals. I like this. But unfortunately, he couldn't just let go of that past, that barbarianism, that once they went to the new town, it was like, hey, we could easily overthrow this leader and take it over. And it led it to the point in the path where Rick had to put Dwight down. And that was crazy. You know, so it's it's just it's very interesting dealing with people. And I think that's one of the best things about The Walking Dead, no matter how you consume this, is the human relationships that are between the characters. The breakdown. The yeah. breakdown in society. Well, the breakdown of the human relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we're you know, I guess that's what's interesting, you know, it's the strife that we always encourage that we won't find entertaining, that, you know, the go from the mundane to that. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, we see it. You know, you, you start at a job, you know, and you, you kind of look around like, who could be my friend? Who's somebody I could trust? And there's the danger of trust in itself. You think, hey, this is somebody that's worthwhile, and next thing you know, they're the biggest backstabber to you. And I think that's what we like, that with The Walking Dead, we can cheat. We can see these characters go through those situations, but we won't have to suffer the, the consequences of those actions. That's know? why I'm Switzerland where I work. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um, so in the in the in the last arc, um, like I said, I, I'd never read any of the comic books, so it took me a second to catch up to the ideas of where everybody was. I mean, obviously the the show and the in the comic book have taken massive swerves. They've they've diverged quite a bit. We have. Uh, like in the show, Michonne and, and Rick become a couple. You know, they're they're the power couple. Uh, it sounds like in the book, it was Andrea and yeah, Andrea and Rick. They and Rick. had they had formed a relationship even to the point where Rick looked at Andrea as like his mother. Yeah. Wait, what? 
Yeah, like like or sorry, Carl. Did I say oh that? yeah, Carl looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that took a it. relationship twist. <laughs> but no, but Carl respected Andrea, you, guys, you know, to, yeah. the, to the point of like looking at her as family. Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah, and and then we have uh, you know characters like Sophia who are still alive, but yeah. um, her mother Carol is not. Yeah. So yeah, but in the show, it's the other way around. Yeah, Carol has become the, the absolute badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what's interesting is those divergences because, like, it's funny when we were talking about Shane, we put him up on a high pedestal, but in the comic world, he's nothing. Yeah. He is really nothing. Carol, as you mentioned, oh my God, I remember when Carol died in the comics. She committed suicide. Yeah, she committed walking. suicide because she had a bad relationship with um, Tyrone. Tyrone. And so she was mad that he chose Michonne. So she walked over to the zombie that they had like on a leash. She's like, hi, my name's Carol, and thrust her neck out there, and that thing wound up eating her. And she did this in front of everybody. I think Sophia might have been there. Yeah. And it was like, wow. So I think that is neat that Kirkman gets to do that, where he's like, ooh, let me try this, tweaking this character differently or things like that. you know. But the political art, the television show is more political size, what's acceptable. Oh, yeah. People watching, and I'm sure where Kirkland... If you read like the back parts of his comics, yeah. people hated half the stuff he wrote. Well, that's and true. that would probably, you know, half his book sales were based off of that. Yeah. And in in reference to that, do yourself a favor. Like, yes, you can go out there and you can buy these omnibuses, these trade paperbacks, but if you ever get a chance to get the actual back issues, get them because the letter pages are so amazing. Kirkman himself and his editor, they'll respond to questions. And as Mark is pointing out, yeah, like uh, going back to we, we we didn't see this on the show, but like Michonne, at one point when she went into the governor's town, she was captured. And she was like brutally gang raped, and people wrote in and they screamed at him. They called him a racist. They berated him, and they were so mad. Once and, it was just the know, governor. Yeah, it was just the governor. Oh, it was just the governor. Yeah, okay, yeah, multiple times. The, yeah. Okay, sorry, but, but yeah. the, the fan base themselves. That's what I'm going for. The fan base oh, yeah, themselves attack Kirkman. Yeah. And it's crazy, but I, I love the fact that he really does interact with his fan base. Um, Kirkman does a good job of these introductions and these uh, these uh, ending stances with him. Because even in episode or issue one ninety three, he writes a couple of pages there, and he talks about how he's ending the book and and the heavy choices that he had to make. Because even himself, he was like, "Should I do this? No, don't do this. this is a bad idea." Yeah. And then it's like, "No, but I need to. You know, this is where it's at. I'd, otherwise, I'd just be milking a dead cow." Yeah, I've never yeah. seen. Um the, the letter sections of a, of a comic as extensive as I have with some of these. They're, I mean, they, they almost take up a quarter of the book, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, those letter pages. Like I was saying before we started broadcasting, I was like, he could probably just collect the letter pages, put that together in a book, and sell that. And I, I'd buy one. I think quite a few other people would buy one as well. Oh, it he gives you good insight. Job. Yeah. Hey, Rafa. Get, are you about to say something? No, go ahead. Can I get you to um, give a quick synopsis of, of the Rest in Peace arc like before we get to the time jump? Yeah, so we got this amazing person named... Uh, I can't remember her name at this point. Which which character? The the, the governor. The governor Milton. Yes. Milton, you know, she's she's kind of created this whole utopia area, and she's butting heads with Rick. And we got this Mr. Sun guy named Sebastian, who ultimately comes in in the dead of night and murders Rick in cold blood. Because uh, we had, before this arc started, we had Dwight try and take a shot at uh, at 
Governor Milton, go- yeah. Governor Milton and 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 Rick um, puts a stop to it. He's even though Dwight is one of his people, he stops him from killing Milton. I'm I'm, I'm assuming he kills Dwight. Yeah, and yeah, he uh, kills Dwight. even though he doesn't like Governor Milton at all that much, he does realize that what she's done here is something that's great. Something yeah. that he's done with she's done with the Commonwealth is great. So uh, at at that point, people like uh, her right hand guy, her military, her uh, officer guy, head Mercer. officer yeah. Mercer. Thank you. Uh, I guess what Dwight had said had struck a chord in him, with him yeah. and it was like, hey, maybe we aren't being treated correctly. Maybe you know this working for Milton is not a good idea. So he's kind of got a coup building up yeah. so to speak a, a police state and uh once Both. again rick goes to save milton says hey you need to get out of town your your officers are coming after you and then as she leaves he kind of calms mercer down yeah and then she comes back with reinforcements thinking that rick was trying to overthrow her yeah, well in the in the middle of that conversation remember mercer's like you should lead him rick right i can't do it they won't follow me you do it mm-hmm so yeah. she thinks that Rick just came in to try and overthrow her. So then there was about to be a giant battle again. Rick says, no, this is dumb. We don't need to go through this again. He yeah. throws up his arm without the, the prosthetic on it and says, look, this is the way we live now. With uh, you know stumps and scars, scars and physical scars, physical yeah. scars and metal yeah. scars. And we need to find a better way. And yeah. it just it kind of all calms down from there. Milton is, is arrested. Yeah, well, Milton was arrested at first. Or sorry, yes, Milton was arrested yes. for her own safety because even Carl safety. could, or sorry, even Rick could see that when he gave the speech, you know, like this is what we are. We need to fight for something. That when Rick was in the middle of this, he's like, "Oh yeah, let's get her away because everybody's fired up and gung ho." And it's like, I don't want her to be killed. That wasn't the point of all this. Because Rick saw the the adverse effects that had during the Whisperer War. Right, because that's when he really militarized his people to fight for something, and kind of going back to what you were saying, Mitch, that idea of you know, how how does the mind of someone change with such a catastrophic event? Rick's been through the ringer. He's been leader. He's been ally. He's been person in the back. He's decided to kill house. He's decided to kill his enemies. He decided to jail some of them. And this is a Rick that's just at the very end and going no. You guys have something amazing here. Yeah. And now at this point, kind of going back to Haslow's needs, Maslow's needs, right? It's like, it's not about me and my safety. We can make something so much bigger. We can start society all over again. We and we, we have it right now. We can do it better. Yeah. And, and in the background of all this going on, there is a giant mega herd on its way to the city because uh, they accidentally got redirected towards the city. Well, that was yeah. the funny part is that um, people from... Alexandria. Alexandria and Hilltop. You know, they, they come over to see if Rick and the group are okay. Because they hadn't and, heard from them. Yeah, they hadn't heard from them. Yeah. So they accidentally see a herd. They lead it to the train tracks. Well, at the train tracks, uh, Dwight and, uh, and Stephanie. No, 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 no Dwight, Eugene. Uh, Eugene. Eugene, sorry. Yeah. Eugene and Stephanie are actually trying to see if they can get locomotives to run again. These big engine cars, and that'll create massive transportation. And unfortunately, the guards are like, hey, we've been called back to... Uh, uh, to Commonwealth. To the Commonwealth, so yeah. we're going to go. You should come with. And they're like, no, this is important. And I love how the card even says it. Well, if it's that important, you're going to be doing it on your own. Yeah. And that shows, that really shows the, how people are thinking of I versus people thinking of we. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so once they leave, then, um, you know, oh, Eugene yep. and, and Stephanie get stuck in the car for their own safety because the herd comes. And then eventually they escape, and then the herd catches them and follows through. So I do like how it's like, in the end, they kind of do wind up shooting them all selves in the foot, 
But luckily, they come together to defeat this herd. And at one point, somebody somebody even mentions at one point, I don't remember who it was, that the explosion getting uh, Mercer out yeah. might have drawn the herd. Yeah, that's true. That's true, too, yeah. Because they used way too much explosive. Yeah, that was a funny, that was and, a funny little uh, panel. And then, of course, um, Maggie, who's coming from the hilltop with her people, you know, it makes it look to Milton even more that Rick was bringing his people to yeah, you set, this to set the whole right, thing up. That's right, because the last panel of that, uh, of, of that particular issue was her, was just a big old panel of her face going attack so yeah so then what you have is uh sebastian who doesn't know any better and from what is being told to me through the these issues is that almost nobody likes him because he's an entitled self-righteous uh you know spoiled kid of the governor of this new governor and when he uh he he sees how it's all going down that his mother is losing power uh he's like well all my anger goes towards rick and and you caused this. And yeah, Rick, life Rick was great until you showed up. So yeah. then he sneaks into Rick's place in the middle. This is the way that Kirkman writes it: is that he's like Rick is like, yes, we've finally done it. We've gotten over this hump. We're gonna be able to. We're gonna. Glory days are on the on the on the horizon. Things are looking up. He's even having a conversation with Carl. He's like, Carl, it's gonna be different. Like we're gonna live. We're gonna be now. human again. We're gonna be. We're gonna be okay. And he goes and he sleeps. Has a nice night sleep until Sebastian shows up and just puts three into him right right there in the bed. And uh, Carl is the first one to find him because Carl's like, "Hey, Dad, let's go have some pancakes." Oh my God! And yeah. and as a reaction, like pure reflex, he sees a, a walker and he shoots it. And just then it comes to his mind afterwards that walker was my father. Yeah, I tell you what, those pages were intense. Um, I remember the page where they show Rick laying in bed after he's been, you know, shot by Sebastian laying there. And you can see that the lighting has changed. The yep, day the is time gone. Just moves on. And that was hard. That was hard to see. And then that moment when you, you know, when Carl walks in, like, "Hey, Dad!" Like, we live in a world where there's pancakes again. <laughs> He's excited to share this. Opens the door, and you see Rick with those glassy zombie eyes. It was like, like I even stared at that page for quite a bit. It was like, wow, the this. I mean, we knew the moment was coming. But to finally witness it, it was hard. It was just like, man. And, and you know, like you pointed out, Carl's reaction was just zombie headshot done. And then it, I love later on how he's lamenting to Michonne where he's like, maybe if I didn't go to breakfast, he would have lived longer. If that's what he would have lived is, in that state, you know, but he would have lived longer. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I wish I hadn't seen it. And it's like, damn, you know, that's that's ultimately what it comes down to is you wish you hadn't seen it because. A funeral, as I've come to learn in my life, a funeral is for the living, you know. And so when the body is presented nicely, when they put the makeup on it and the fancy dress, it's not that bad. But when you see that cold, dead body on initial appearance, that's the hardest. That's what you don't want to see. And to realize that Carl had to see that, oh, man, that was rough. Like, man, Kirkman just really packed the emotions into just those couple of pages. And what a way to do it, too. I mean... We've had all of these years of seeing Rick just grow to a truly iconic figure. Yeah. Like, like there's no mistaking. I understand why the governor felt the way she did because Rick was a war hero. Rick, Rick yeah. got into a lot of things and he won his shit. And he got he out. He survived of through everything. Yeah. Right. This is a man who was the occasional giant herd is just a natural Sunday walk for him. Yeah, okay, like we we're just gonna this. we're gonna diverge them over here. And it's the po- politics that's, that are happening, right? And again, it's, he keeps coming across these people who come across, who have been able to seize power in a world where they haven't experienced what he has. Yeah. And so he's had to go through his things and ultimately for him to finally get the keys to society and to showcase it is gonna be different now, but he doesn't get to live in it. I mean, that's just a huge just punch in the dick. And it hurts, 
But at the end of the day, that's what makes it so poignant. It's the fact that he went through it, and you know, hopefully, the others get to serve, get to live through what he helped create. You know, and, and I love that because one of the biggest things I've always loved about zombie culture is the social commentary. Yep. And I love that because with Governor Milton, that really goes back to that leading from the front, leading from the rear. And I think that's why when, when Rick and his group show up to the Commonwealth, the people respond, which even probably gets Mercer to see that because it's like Mercer was like, hey, I get cool armor, I'm, I have walls around me, and I have a hot plate. This is great. But then all of a sudden it's like, but then my quote-unquote boss has a better house than I do. They get better meals, and they don't do anything. You know, and so it's tough because when you see a dictatorship, yeah, you don't like that, you know, and and then when Rick comes along, he's like, "Well, I am the leader," and it's like you're missing a hand. You have scars, yeah, because I fought, and people are gonna generally like that leader a lot more. So I love that bit of social commentary. But I think the biggest thing I love, I love the fact is that Sebastian is the one who kills Rick, and if we look at some modern times, it's like, wow, here's this. And again, I know a lot of people are on all sides of the fences, right. but I always look at it as, maybe just because of the road in my life, but I see it as a young, spoiled brat is the one that tears down the ultimate face of authority. I just saw that, that here's this kid of Sebastian who knows nothing better. He is a jerk, you know? It's like, oh, hey, you know, you need to go and change my horse, and you need to do all this stuff. And then here comes Rick, who is fighting to save this world to make it better. And when he sees the Commonwealth, I mean, I imagine the Commonwealth, it's like, oh, my God, a real working toilet? This is insane. We haven't seen that, you know? Rick is living in the 1800s. These people are like, oh, we're back in the current day. So that's why Rick is so enamored with this town. But he's also the ultimate form of authority. And this kid just is like, nope, I don't want to conform to it. I don't want to lose what I got. So you've got to die. Because that kid, well, if you look at that again, when he goes in there with the gun that he's got, he has a silencer on there. So he knew exactly what he was going to do. And that's what makes it even that much better later on when he's in jail and Carl confronts him. He's like, you're not sad for killing my father. You're sad because you got caught. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I thought that was great. So then, yeah, so uh, the governor pleads with Carl saying, look, I know you're going to want revenge and stuff like that, but uh, please don't kill my son. He's like, well, is he going to be punished? And he's like, he's going to be held in jail. And he's like, then don't ever let him out, and I'm okay with that. And yeah. he said that if – and then he meets up with uh, Sebastian in, in, the, in jail, and he says, look, if uh, I ever hear about you getting out, I will be there, and you'll be dead. Kind of, or well, no, no you won't says, be dead. I will hurt you, you back. Yeah. but I will put you back here because it's more watch it's you. more punishment for him yeah. to to be in prison because it's yeah. not it's not the life that he's used to or that he wants. It's yeah. it's, uh, it's the he can't suffer if you're dead. Yeah, and what's really interesting too because his father put Negan in jail. Yeah. So does Rick put Negan in jail, hoping for him to reform, or hoping that this guy will have to be living in the hell? knowing that the world's better off without him being a part of it. Oh, so the now, second one for sure. I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. But what I love, though, is Carl actually, carries that. It's, more the, it's, it's not so much the it's a punishment for Negan. It's more of, once again, Rick trying to come up with a way so that we're better. Well, yeah, you don't want to just like, hey, I'm the new face of power. I kill you. Exactly. Hence why he, he really does help Milton, Governor Milton, live. Because by all rights, I mean, if that's the way the world is, hey, put her down, chop her head off, and we're golden. You know, so he really does want to to at least save their souls for that. But I just find it real interesting that that rubbed off to to Carl. But then if we jump into issue one ninety three, the future issue. So this is. 
30 years, 25 to 30 years later. Yeah, so, yeah, and so by this point, Carl's a grown man. He's married to Sophia, has a child of his own. And at one point when he's out on the range, you know, just out on the farther aspects of the, the new town, I love that he goes to Negan and he leaves food for him there. So I do find that funny that it's like, even though they're all about putting these people in jail and whatnot, trying to be going back to a civilization, I do find it funny, though, that Carl has an attachment to Negan. But again, Negan wasn't a bastard to Carl. No. You know, when he brought him in, he's like, you're a fucking cool yeah. kid. Can I put yeah. my finger in your eye hole? You know, like, it was just, like, so there is a little bit of a bond between those. So, Chris, can you give us a, a quick synopsis of what 183 is, what 30 years later looks like for Carl? So basically, at this point, this issue, 193, we see that a Walker is outside of a house. The walker gets chopped, you know, the head's cut off, and there it is, old man Carl. So he's got a makeshift eye patch covering his wound. Uh, he's protecting his home, which we discover is Sophia and his child. Eventually, when he goes into town, they, you know, they, or he runs into a Herschel, which is the son of Glenn and Maggie, the grandson of Herschel. Uh, those two talk. You know, Carl tells him, look, one of your traveling sideshow zombie freaks got loose and is a danger, so I put it down. So Herschel gets pissed. This eventually leads to litigation. And at the initial litigation, you know, the judge rules. Well, actually, the judge is persuaded because Maggie is the president. So she comes in and she talks to the judge. And then the judge says, okay, basically, there's no punishment. Carl won't, Carl won't be persecuted for this. But he has to get a replacement zombie for the one that he killed because Herschel's way of life is this traveling sideshow of zombies. So Carl's like, hell no. So the next page, we see that the, 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 the sideshow cart is opened. The zombies have gotten out, and they've all been butchered. And the town is wondering who did it. Then we see Carl so, going out into the wilderness again. He, well, Carl has the job of having to go to these... Well, he's the one who will still go out into the wild, quote-unquote. And, and he, he makes runs. He makes yeah. runs to the different encampments. He makes runs to where Eugene is with the with the locomotive and the train tracks at this point. Like, he's trying to make it so that they can connect to the Pacific yeah. uh, with the train. So he, he makes these runs, it sounds like maybe once a month, maybe twice a month, but he's gone from home often. Um, and he goes to make this run, and then when he comes back is when uh, they're like, well, you now have to pay for your crime again. Yeah, well, no, so now, yeah, so now it's escalated because they've discovered all those zombies that Herschel had in his captivity are dead. So it goes into bigger litigation to the point where they stand before Michonne, who Who's is now, just like the Supreme Court. Yeah. Uh, Governor, I forget what her, her because Michonne's not a real name. That was it's, her uh, zombie Hawthorne. name. It's, yeah, it's, Hawthorne. It's, Judge Hawthorne. Judge Hawthorne. Judge Hawthorne. Supreme Judge Hawthorne. So... There is a little bit of favoritism. She likes Carl more than Herschel. So, But I love the fact that they bring up a really interesting point because it's almost like they're coming towards our type of problems, but in their world. Should these walkers be out there? You know, like, yes, you could say it's kind of like the circus, you know, or even nowadays in modern times, we see the zoo. You know, these people want to walk up and take that selfie with a, a tiger and then they get mauled. Is it the zoo's fault? Did they not provide enough protection? You know, Harambe. Harambe died because, you know, a kid fell into that captivity. Whose fault? You know, all these types of things. Some people side with the zoo. Some people side with the people. So I love that that little allegory is right there. You know, like in this new world, you know, with it being the time pass of 25 to 30 years, some people now are alive that haven't lived in the harsh times of Rick Grimes. Yep. And so Carl brings up that argument where it's like, look. These things are not to be spectacle. They need to be killed. They are an endangerment. And Herschel just argues that, hey, that's my way of life. This is what I want. And we come to find out that Herschel has kind of become Sebastian. 
thanks he's to his worse, mom. Yeah, according, he, yeah, because yeah, he gets away with it because his mom's the president. His mom's the president. Yeah, so he gets but away with it. I do feel like Herschel does have one good argument towards the end. Uh, he says, "Look, our lives are different from when we were kids yeah. or when we were teenage, teenagers. We don't have to worry about." Uh, walkers of the dead coming into towns anymore. So the younger people and other people are forgetting about the fact that these things are out there. And I provide a service where I show them. Like, yes, he's turned it into a sideshow attraction and it's all fun and games for the kids and stuff, but it is a way of them knowing that, hey, these things are out there and then they are dangerous. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like a Holocaust museum. Yeah. You know, I mean, those things are out there for people to see. Now, luckily, the, the two are not, you know, as, you Equivalent, know, a museum yeah, is yeah. different, but it's almost to that point to remind us of where we come from. So, and I, I feel like you kind of get what Herschel was saying later on in the, at the very end of the issue when uh, Andrea, because he, Carl has named his, his daughter Andrea, yeah. that uh, she doesn't react the right way around uh, when they're talking about the dead. Like when he's reading, she's re- he's reading that book, the story of, Rick Grimes to her, yeah, and she's like, "Oh, that's silly kind of stuff." Yeah, it is a little bit like fantastical yeah. make believe to her, and it's like this could be a history book, and she's kind of like, "Eh, you know, I get it. He's your dad, and your dad was mega cool." You know? <laughs> uh, uh, but one thing, an observation that I, I have from that though, towards that end part, and it ends on a beautiful note. I love that the last, like the second to last page, is all white with Rick, or sorry, with Carl sitting in a chair holding his daughter, reading her the story, and then the last page ends in white with a the end. But it's funny because. It really solidifies that this Walking Dead was the story of Rick, mm-hmm. and I guess that's my nitpick. Is I really wish that with with Rick dying, like my rule of thumb was, when Rick dies, I leave the comic. That's my point of view character. That's who I really appreciate. Could I watch the show? Sure, I could put it on, but I'm not going to be there every Sunday night. Could I read the comic? Sure, maybe if it comes across my view, but I'm not going to purchase it if it's not there. Uh, when they aged Rick in later on after after the all out war with Negan, I kind of I found myself falling away from Rick, and I stayed on for the Whisper War, and I thought the Whispers were a great set of characters, but I just it, it, it wasn't Rick anymore, and I get that because that the comic should eventually move on and grow. There should be more characters, and yeah, I guess it kind of made me sad that like when I did re- read issue 192, Rick's death. It was like, okay, and they did a very, you know, a beautiful pomp and circumstance for him and all that. And I thought it was great. But then 193 with it just closing, it really solidifies that, wow, this is the story of Rick. I mean, you could call the book Rick Grimes. It's not necessarily The Walking Dead. I mean, yes, people interact with it, but ultimately it was his story. I mean, technically you could you could say that the, everything that you read in the comic book is what Carl is reading to That's true. Andrea. It's the story That's of Rick Grimes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and how much of it has been fabricated for that reason? That's Ooh. also true. Yeah. Right? Things brings me back to when uh, a couple months ago when we read uh, the Road to Perdition, kind of the whole idea of how at the end of that story, yeah. you know, the father and son dynamic, the son becomes a priest, and he's telling the story of his father and how kind of like the father always looks like different characters during that time period, right? Mm-hmm. Like they were just bigger than life, shooting down bad guys. Yeah, and kind of that whole idea also. You know, how much of it do you glamorize? Like yeah. the Walking Dead is a story where. At the end of the day, Rick wouldn't have survived those things if he wasn't the main character. True. Um, so I think that adds to it too, and I think there's there's that meta that meta aspect to it again, where it's again you're watching the zombie Kirkman. It's it's his like ultimate fantasy of again from the beginning to the end. Here is Rick who wakes up in a coma in this world, all the way to he 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 wakes up into it, and then he dies with it without it being resolved. 
Yeah. And so it's just he's just a small piece to this ongoing story. He doesn't see how it happens. He doesn't see how it ends. The Walking Dead, Rick Grimes Chronicles. That's what it is. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I kind of I just I wish it would have gone on. You know, I wish there would be a one ninety four. But that's so funny that you wish that, saying how you already said that you were going to oh, yeah. stop reading. Well, because the thing is, so you want other people to keep reading, well, but you're want, done. But, you're but, done. I, 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 but the other characters don't get their resolve though. That's just, the thing. Like I mean, you know, if I you were a fan of Dwight. Dwight's dead. Boom. But it, that's you know. a, that's a resolve. Yeah, that's it's a resolve. Done. But let's say, but you get you, know, you get you're to not. Fe- with one ninety three. You get to see what happens with Maggie. She becomes president. She's gonna she's gonna reunite the two coasts again. Uh, with Carl, he's this. He's basically his father, but kind of more in a uh, civilized uh, world. Well, yeah, I all agree to you to a point that yes, some of the major characters they do get that resolve. We see Maggie, Michonne, Carl, Eugene. and Sophia, and Eugene. You know, but wouldn't it be neat to actually see that moment when Eugene's ideal prize happens with, you know, the East and West meeting? You know, some of the other key characters, um, I think Juanita, you know, one of the newer characters, you know, I almost compared her to like Daredevil, you know, because she was so zany and like in the middle of battle smiling and being happy while killing zombies, you know she was obviously like in my mind she was being groomed to be a bigger character uh even the new set of um the new set that came into rick's uh hilltop i can't think of their names but they were kind of like i felt like they were being groomed to be the new set of characters characters. you know but that won't happen so i mean yeah i do i I can't appreciate the irony it's like well i'm not gonna read it but i wish they were still making it that doesn't make anybody any money (laughs) but just for the sake of the story because you know some of us do gravitate towards other characters you know i mean i felt bad when fans of uh of glenn i mean glenn was such a harsh death it was insane and it, it it ripped my heartstrings, so I can only imagine like what if that was my point of view character, yeah, I you get know? You. And so, like I said, I just I guess just for the sake of the world and the well, supporting characters and everybody else around it, I wish they would have gotten more. Abraham too. I mean, uh, how, how many oh, fans yeah. of Abraham are out there? And if, if you look at if you look at the comics and you look at the TV show, he died two different ways. Yeah, you know, because in the comic, he's the one that caught the the, the bolt to yes, the back of the yeah. head. You know, in in the TV show, it was. Um, can't remember that girl's name. The doctor. The doctor. The doctor yeah. Thank you. You know, and and in the in, in the, the in the TV show, yeah. you know, he bit it with with uh, Glenn. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. and an extra death to make us think Glenn wasn't gonna get killed. Yeah. Right. And he gets killed anyway. Yeah. Well, I'm so was... mad about Tyrese because Tyrese. Oh, I mean, he got his head chopped off. And I gotta say, I think Tyrese in the comic was way better than the show. Oh, way better. God, I wish. But again, in the we don't have Daryl. So I think Daryl gets all those yeah. glory points that Tyrese should have had. Yeah, you're right. He wasn't even here. Yeah, he's not even. A Maybe even T Dog. I think kind of so, got to emulate some of those. Characters. I mean, I think that that kind of brings that that brings up an interesting thing. So as the comic was created and is written only by Robert Kirkman, he he had his story. He had where he was going to end it. He ends at ends it at 193 with the error. 192 is the death of Rick Grimes. 193 is the end. The show, even though Kirkman is a producer, the executive producer and stuff like that. It's written and showrun and created by someone else. So that show could keep going on. It could bring in your characters that that oh, yeah. didn't get enough of uh, screen. Or I think they might get even be on the show already. They, they, they probably could. I mean, we have right. a, th- a second spinoff show coming out here uh, soon that's going to be about a younger group of kids. I mean, essentially they were born before the the zombie outbreak, but they grew up during it. So they this is the only kind of world they understand. Yeah, another TV show on AMC. Then we have the three Rick Grimes movies that are supposed to be on AMC. Um, well, that's right. Now that because everybody in his group thinks that he's dead, but he's yeah. not, except because uh, the tall lady, the garbage lady, took him away in the helicopter. So that's right. So 
these are things that are storylines that are still going to be explored uh, without Kirkman's influence, so to yeah. speak. Well, yeah, okay, so I, I had to look it up just because it was bugging me. So they were Magna's group. Uh, so you had Magna was their leader, and then they had Kelly, Yumiko, oh, and Oh, the Connie. people that they just brought in yeah, on the show. Yeah, they were because... Okay, so they did just bring in the show, so it sounds like what you're saying will probably come to pass because they were introduced in issue 127, which was the one that introduced the time jump after Negan and the yeah. all-out war. Yeah. Are these the people uh, in the show that, that uh, have the, the deaf girl in their group? Yep. Okay. I, don't know, I was just curious. I mean, obviously I haven't read that comic yet, but so Andrew Lincoln wanted out of the show. And he died in the show, correct? No. No, he, he doesn't die. He got die. taken away in a helicopter. So, yeah. Oh, okay. All intents and purposes, he's not, he's not going to be on the show ever again. But the, the AMC has signed him to do three made-for-TV movies with the option of those movies going straight to theater. Um, the idea is going to be that uh, Rick Grimes is going to probably be a more influential uh, figure in recreating the world because of whatever this government or whoever is in control of this helicopter is going to take him away Because to of his experience as his the survivor that he has. Yeah. All right. So that changes I honestly my point. Think, I honestly think that, because Kirkman never wanted to give a reason why the infection happened. He never wanted to, uh, there to be a cure. But the show is different. You have a different You have a different audience watching that. I think that you're going to find out that there's something in Rick that allows him to survive. I mean, but do you remember how I, – I don't know how you felt when uh, at, at the very end of uh, the first season, mm-hmm. okay, they're in with that doc. The CDC. And, yes. They're, they're in the CDC, and that guy whispers into Rick's ear, and everybody's like, what did he say? What did he say? Oh, and yeah, then it comes out later, he's like, we've all got it. Everybody's got it. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There is no – yeah, so you think that's Kirkman's way of not wanting to have – a hard explanation on how it came about. Yes. Like it's just genetically in everybody. Doesn't matter. Yeah, something, whatever it was, it finally became active, and now people are the. What do they call the T virus? Yeah, essentially the T virus yeah. from. from <laughs> well, I mean, it, it plays it's to the, the comics. in the water. You know, yeah. it, it plays to the comics though as well. I can't remember the, the 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 guy's name, but he was the father who had the two twins that eventually Herschel and Andrea wound up raising. But he had his leg cut off. And then he Alan. eventually, what was it? Alan. Alan. Yeah, and so he eventually committed suicide, and he turned, and they were like, wait a second, he wasn't, you know, and, and that's what causes Rick to realize, oh, go back and kill Shane, give him a proper send-off. And it, it kind of speaks to that without going that gory yeah. and graphic. Because I will state this, like, sorry, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but I always felt the original governor, you know, the, the, the really twisted one, his For comic, yeah, in the comic... Wow, he was a horrible character. He was a nightmare. And when they were going to go that route on the TV show, I was excited. But it, and I know it can't, but it did not meet that level of what No, the I was excited was. too. But then I thought immediately afterwards, like, oh, wait a minute, how are they going to do this? Because yeah, it's public TV. Yeah. <laughs> well, you bring up the governor. Have you ever seen Rise of the Go- I mean, have you ever read Rise of no, the, the Governor? No, the, the novel? No, I haven't. Well, it actually shows that. why he becomes that way, right. as in the comic book. And he's actually pretending to be somebody else. I heard that, yeah. Because he's actually pretending his brother was a psychopath, and he was just the oh, you're just the you know, you're just a librarian, and he was like he owned a record store, but basically the same thing. And that mm-hmm. he become as his brother dies, he replaces that persona, 
but people don't know this is a whole group of new people. This is no, saying that. So that's why himself. he's so ruthless is because he's trying to live up to something. To that image. To that image. Yeah. That, and try to, even though his brother goes nuts and yeah. gets yeah. killed off. Well, and that even speaks to what we were talking about at the start of this. That's why I think some people, like, in a sad way, some people kind of want this restart because it's like, oh, instead of just being a boring high school math teacher, I could be the Rick Grimes. I could lead everybody and hopefully be that altruistic guy. And, you know, it sounds like, yeah, the governor was like, I'm tired of just being a record store clerk. I'm going to be be the governor. Captain know? Phillips saving Private Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Well, he starts off as a good guy that ends up just going power hungry and, and, and just taking over. Yeah. That's kind of what happens after he gets de- in this TV show. After he gets defeated at Woodbury, he goes and finds that new group, and then he yeah. once again is like, "Well, screw Rick and his people at the prison. I'm gonna yep. we're gonna attack them." And he has the tank, That's like right, kind yeah. of thing. So uh, I. I, it, I feel like they did try to integrate that into the the show again. Oh, I liked all the things that they integrated, even though they didn't do it the way um, uh, it some was of the fans. Written. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, look yeah. who had the look whose hand got cut off in the TV series. Merle. It was a character who's not even in the comics. Yeah, yeah. you know. Well, and you're right, and, and that's what I was speaking to. Where it's like, man, it's a shame that they couldn't have gone because, like, I know not everybody's going to rush to their comic book store and go read all 193 issues. You should. I highly <laughs> recommend it because it's deeper. And like I said, go get the back issues so you can read those letter pages as well. But, you know, TV can only take it so far. Yeah. And, I mean, I think we've been very lucky that we've read these comics, um, just fantastic stuff. And, you know, that last arc, like I said, I was I was glad to revisit it and come back and read it. Um, you know, Governor Milton, she was great because going back to what you just mentioned, that power hungry, you know, it's like, I'm threatened. Oh, no. She, you know, with Rick's help, flees town. But then what's her first instinct? Come back with another army. With and it's threat. like, I'm at jeopardy. I'm being threatened. Oh, you brought people and instead of recognizing that they helped take down a herd. No, you were here to overthrow my empire. Me, 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 me. And it's yeah, like, she completely damn. overlooked that it. it was Rick that said, you go where safety is. Yeah. And she was like, well, I'm going to bring them back. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cause more bullshit to happen. <laughs> you do bring up a good point that, you know, this is more, the comic was more of his vision of the series, yeah. Kirkman's, where it's watered down, the TV show became a watered down version that had to go through a, sen- a federal censorship. Yeah. That and the fact that, I mean, everybody's watching it, and so not everybody might not be able to connect with a character like Rick Grimes, right? And so now I have all these other characters that you're able to kind of come connect with and build something. I mean, not everybody can ultimately go in and look at a, a specimen like Andrew Lincoln and just go, you know what? That's what I'm looking at. The man who has the blood of uh, George Washington, regardless. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about the American Revolution earlier. Yeah. Didn't he do an apocalyptic movie before... This and that's the reason why he was picked. Oh, that love, love. I never seen it. I know he did Strike I Back, <laughs> which is like a UK uh, spec ops TV show. But other than that, I don't know about any apocalyptic sh- movies. I don't know the name of it, but I was under the impression that was the reason why he was picked to be Rick Grimes. Hmm. Huh. Oh, yeah, I have to go. I have to go look it up. But Mark, uh, to go ahead and uh, wrap up. How do you feel about the ending of the comic book? I mean, you you said you only got to 120? Yes. Around that that uh, that area. I mean, how do you feel about the ending of the comic book? Um I'm I'm a little confused. I'm very surprised that it ended, you know, the way it did and obviously it was to be a shock ending. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, maybe he was just like enough's enough and he didn't want to give it away with doing the That's why he put the orders out ahead of time. Right. So everybody would have that shock feeling like, wait a minute, that we really should have held on to something here as it's going. 
And I, I love the that it's it's image, so it's his creator owned book, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, so well, he, he took it to Skybound, even. Yeah, and then yeah, eventually it's 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 the Skybound stuff. So, but like, it means nobody else can come in and be like, well, here's the more continuing stories of the Walking Dead. Well, unless that brings up an interesting unless he goes question. to sell it to them or something. What if it? What if somebody does pitch it strong enough, and he's like, I don't really care, and they bring that world back? Would that be something of your interest? I could see I could see someone pitching it strong enough that he's like, yes, that's a great story. I don't I can see about uh, him being like. I don't really care. Like I feel like this is his. This is the big baby for him. This yeah. is the thing that got him on the on the map. So if someone came up to him with a really amazing story, yeah, I could see him being like, "Okay, run with it. Let's get some more stories out yeah. there." But other than that, I think it's done. Yeah. Well, no, I, and I, I agree with you because I think whoever could come back with these ideas to resurrect their world, I think they would probably be given the same advice he was because this book was originally going to be called "The Living Night of the Living Dead," and it, one of the publishers was like, "Don't do that. Make it yours." Yeah. So he called it "The Walking Dead." So whoever would come come in and say, hey, I want to revive this. I want to make a group of zombie survivors continue on with that fashion. Cool. I like it. Call it something make else. Make it your own thing. <laughs> yeah. Sam. Like Carl, the later years. <laughs> what about you? What, how do you feel about the, the coming to the end of the, uh, you know, 193 issues of The Walking Dead? Well, you know, we talked about it earlier, and, and I think it's uh, a, a good idea that he ended it the way he did. He ended it on his terms. And um, it's 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 got a definitive ending, does it? Yeah. Does it have a definitive oh, yeah. ending? I mean, okay. Well, if it's the I mean, story I, of Rick, I haven't gotten to I haven't gotten to that issue yet. But I mean, yeah, the way they it sounds like they ended it well. It sounds like it wasn't like a typical ending of like a sitcom. You know, you you get there's certain sitcoms that are out there that were people like, oh, I hated the last ending because it sucked. You know, it, it sounded like it ended on a high note. It ended well. It ended with. Um, uh, um, wasn't stretched out. Yeah, well, exactly. That that's the, that that's what I'm looking for. It wasn't stretched out. Exactly. It was just it was abrupt enough to where it's got us talking. Hopefully, it's got anybody listening talking with their group of friends, and um, it'll be interesting to see where the TV show goes from here. And and, and then I'm gonna go to you, Rafa. What? How do you? I mean, I know we've we've been the three talking a lot, but how do you feel about the end of, of The Walking Dead as a comic book? I thought it was perfect. I think as someone who really, really liked the show, someone who loved the comic book series, I think it ended the best way possible. I think it ended abruptly like it's supposed to because there's no guarantees in life. And kind of what this whole story is, if we're looking at it from the perspective of this is Rick Grimes' story, you know, he's not going to choose how he goes out. It, and I was hoping that the way he dies is unexpected, out of nowhere, and when we least ex- when we least expect it. And it gave me all of that. And it kind of brings into more of that poignancy of all these other symbolic factors of the fact that someone who worked so hard to develop paradise on Earth once again, only to get so close and then not to live in it himself. Right? It's kind of like the sins of the father. And ultimately, this is also Carl's story. Because Carl's in it from day one as well. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of that idea of, you know, how do you make your life knowing the sacrifices that your father did to get you to where you are? And I mean, Rick fought and fought and fought and did so many things throughout his tenure as de facto leader of the group. And I feel this ending is great because it it made me angry. I hated the way he died. But when you get a visceral response from them, from any kind of media, whether you can say, oh, The Walking Dead isn't real. Why you care? Like, you know, I spent so many hours, so many weeks and days and months watching the show, reading the comic books. It was real real enough, right? And it was real enough, right? Just like I said, I'm still angry about Shane dying. You know, <laughs> now, now this is something else I have to live with. And I thought Kirkman did a really good job, and I loved it. I, lo- I love the fact that you said it ended abruptly. It's like, well, it started abruptly. He, yeah. he woke up out of coma, and the world had, had died. Yep. And he, so it's very abrupt. Chris, your, your final thoughts on, on the ending of The Walking Dead comic book. You know, I appreciate it, and it goes back to what Rafa was saying there for a second. It makes you feel. 
And that's what I love about it. Like, I'm glad that Rick... I, I knew, like, I, I imagine we all could say we knew Rick was going to die at some point. And with issue 192, it happened. I was surprised that the story itself ended in 193. Um, but that, like I, like, I advocate for it. I wish it would keep going. But I'm glad that it's done because, like, to the trades, I think I have all the way up to, like, volume 24. And I really just kind of fell out of it. Now I actually want to go in and get the rest of those trades and read it. I, and I plan on once I finish it, I want to read it again. Like this is my office, you know, where it's like, okay, you can put it on. And if you just want a fun escape, there you go. So it was beautiful. Um, like I said, for for where I'm at in my life and where I am with what I see through all these events, I love the fact that it was a spoiled kid who took down Rick. But I love the fact that Rick grew beyond himself that when he saw the Commonwealth, you know, it was like, this is even better than what we've been fighting for. And to go beyond myself to get we to preserve that, that was huge. And, I mean, it just, it screams to what Rick's about, and it really changed my mind. Because, like I said, when they aged him, I kind of fell out of it. But I forget that the best part of Rick is those speeches that he gives and issues, you know, like I started this read the other night, what, 187, I read 187, and I was like, okay, I'll read 187 and go to bed. No, I wound up reading all the way to 190, and then this morning, you know, I was like, as soon as I woke up, get onto those last couple issues and read them there. So it was it was fantastic, it's beautiful, so do yourself a favor, treat yourself to the story of Rick Grimes. And that, there you go. That's 193 issues of The Walking In. Plus, you know, a few, what you, like you said, the Governor's Book. Uh, the novel series. The novel yeah. series. You have... Well, the, there's even specials. They did a special. Here's Negan. Uh, they, did a, they did a special for the Governor during one of the free comic book days. I remember um, hearing about that. Uh, they did a The Walking one. Dead, The Foreigner. No, yeah, The, the alien. alien. The yep, Alien, which, which is... Supposedly Rick Grimes' brother in Paris, something like that, yeah, something yeah. like that, so Another cousin or something, yeah, um, yeah. There's there's several uh, extra comics out there. Uh, there's one that tells you more of the past of Michonne, Tyrese, and the Governor. They've been collected in a special, a Walking Dead special. That would probably be the best way to pick up those stories. Um, they did Here's Negan, which has been collected in hardcover. So, I mean, if you could pick up those two little extra caveats, that'll just enrich it that much more. And then you have video games that are out there to play. You that's have, true. Oh, that's right. You we have, didn't talk about that. We didn't even get to talk about that. We have the TV show, obviously. You have three, soon to be three TV shows that you can watch, You can, and then eventually movies. So there's plenty of Walking Dead out there if you still want to enjoy it, but the comic book series, as of now, as of this moment, is no more. So... With all that being done, if you would like to talk to me specifically about this subject, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Chris can also be found on Twitter. He is at... Stuff I should say should being spelled S-H-U-D. Rafa can also be found on Twitter. As an at Mobile Rafi. That's your entertainment on the go. Make sure to check out his YouTube page. It's lots of toys and it's fun. <laughs> also under <laughs> Mobile Rafi. And then go and check out Chris's articles where he writes... Oh, yes. Um, I, I do some writings for adventuresinpoortaste.com, so come check out my comic book reviews. Uh, right now, I'm focusing on Deceased, so if you love zombies and stuff like that, and you want the DC Universe to be a part of it, go read that. And by the way, I'm going to plug Marvel Zombies, because they're going to have a, a special coming around. You know what? The, is, it, is it coming up on an anniversary of Marvel Zombies? Uh, no, I don't think it is. I think it's just, shit, Deceased did really good. <laughs> hey, The Walking Dead is getting some pr press. Let's put together a special. <laughs> Sam, is there any social media you'd like to give out? I do not participate in social media the way you guys do. Okay. <laughs> Yet. So there you go. If you if you want to talk to uh, Sam, just get through Chris. <laughs> and Mark, do you have any social media you'd like to give out? No. No. Thank you. 
There you go. Uh, once again, we are Just recording. Just FanQuest's homepage. There you go. We are, we are recording from FanQuest Comics and Games in Yuma, Arizona. Check them out on Facebook. And uh, make sure that you give a like to their page. And keep, uh, keep a watch for when we do more roundtables. Um, but until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Ben, why should anybody listen to Blockbuster Mentality? I mean, seriously, why should any of these people that we've interrupted while they're listening to their favorite podcast check us out or even turn off this show and go straight to our show? That's a great question, Dave. People should listen to us because we point out the most important details of movies and television. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about the really important stuff like Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru in Star Wars. What exactly are their living quarters underground? But it's not just that, Ben. We produce high quality audio that is exactly right Dave because we will have my daughter interrupt us on every single episode <laughs> and we have an amazing stars in popcorn rating system we measure on quality and entertainment value listen to blockbuster mentality every Monday on all major podcast platforms and connect with us on Twitter at blockbustercast so grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies <laughs>